Thank you, Jesus. Only you can steal. My soul is thirsty. Father, I declare my love for you this morning. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Father. I lift up my voice to praise your holy name. Lord, because you are good and your mercies and your mercies indeed endures forever. I declare this morning that I love you. Father, from the depth of my heart, I declare my love for you. Lord, for saving me, for making me your own. Lord, I declare my love for you this morning. I worship the beauty of your holiness. I worship the beauty of your splendor. Indeed, you are a loving and a good father. Lord, you are a loving and great king. I worship you this morning. I enter your gates with thanksgiving. I come into your courts with praises. I come into your courts with blessings. I declare blessings. I declare praises. Lord, to you, Lord, this morning, because you are good and your mercies indeed endures forever. Lord, be glorified. Once again, Lord, we have all come. We have come to worship. We have come to bless your name. We have come to say thank you, Father. We have come to say thank you, Lord. Be glorified. In your presence today, your word says there is fullness of joy. So, Father, we ask, fill our hearts with joy. Fill our hearts, Lord, with the glory of your presence. As we read your word, Lord, help us learn in your presence. Lord, help someone to contact grace. But let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right, it's a good morning, a good afternoon, good evening to everyone listening in. I am Morphe Eye Nike sharing devotion with you. We continue our reading of the book of Second Chronicles. We have been able to take four chapters every day. Today, uh, we take chapters 21, 22, 23, and 24. Yesterday, we concluded uh, basically on the st- story of King Jehoshaphat. We did say he was a great king, he was a good king, but I mentioned um, one of the mistakes he tended uh, to make, alliancing himself you know, with the kings or the kings of Israel. So while the book of Second Chronicles tend to focus only on the king, of Israel on the, on the kings of Judah, you will see the hand of the of of that uh, side of the nation upon um, Judah from Nahon. In other words, uh, Jehoshaphat allowed his son Jehoram to marry to marry uh, the daughter of Jezebel and Ahab. And I'm telling you, uh, their line, uh, the, the dynasty of David, will never will never recover from this. It will take a long time before another king will come who will truly know God. In other words, uh, yes, um, 
this daughter of Jezebel will influence the king, you know, to influence the nation into, into idolatry. Very, very, very terrible. Everything that Asa and Jehoshaphat had accomplished will be thrown down the drain. Quite terrible. So very important lesson today on marriage. Let's go on. Uh, please get your Bible, Second Chronicles chapter 21. It says that when Jehoshaphat had died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son Jehoram became the next king. And usually the way the kings are buried will tell you a lot about how they lived and whether they were good or liked by their people. Verse 2 says, Jehoram's brothers and the other sons of Jehoshaphat were Azariah, Jehiel, Zechariah, Azarahahu, Michael, and Shephatiah. All these were the sons of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. Their father had given each of them valuable gifts of silver, gold, and costly items, and also some of Judah's fortified towns. However, he designated Jehoram as the next king because he was the oldest. Yes, Jehoram was the oldest. Verse 4 says that, But when Jehoram had become solidly established as king, he killed all his brothers and some of the other leaders of Judah. So the question is, where did Jehoram get all this from? Why did it all of a sudden become so wicked? Remember, his father Jehoshaphat, you know, brought about a true revival in the land. Okay, so Jehoram was not some was not it wasn't that he was a child. Okay, so he would have partaken of that revival and how his father tried to turn the nation around. You know, judges were sent, you know, right from Jerusalem to teach the people. Copies of the word of God were, you know, were taken around the nation to teach them what the word of God was about. And I'm sure that definitely uh, the same thing were being taught right there in, in the palace. So how did Jehoram go so wrong? Please read on and you will learn. Jehoram was 32 years old. You hear that? He was 32 years old. So it wasn't that he had not tasted of the revival and all the reform that his father had been doing. It says that he was 32 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years just eight years and i'm telling you usually when the kings reign for just a short time it is usually a sign yes it's usually a sign that uh, they were doing evil and they were doing things that god did not like so he reigned in jerusalem for just eight years but uh jehoram verse 6 says followed the examples of the kings of israel and was as wicked as king ahab hmm why was he was he as wicked as King Ahab? The verse tells us, for he had married one of Ahab's daughter. Okay, so Jehoram did what was evil in the Lord's sight. So it wasn't that he had just married the, um, one of the, the, the daughters of Ahab. It was his father Jehoshaphat, you know, that gave his son or allowed his son to marry this uh, this girl. And I'm telling you, uh, she was a terrible influence in his life. He continues that, but the Lord uh, did not want to destroy David's dynasty, verse 7, for he had made a covenant with David and promised that his descendants would continue to rule, to rule, shining like a lamp forever. 
during Jehoram's reign, the Edomites. Can you imagine? Just eight years. Remember, it was just eight years. There were people who reigned for 40 years, for 52 years, and the nation was still intact. For just eight years, I'm telling you, you will see what idolatry can do. You will see what negative influence can do. I'm saying to someone listening this morning, be careful the company you keep. It doesn't have to be long. Just eight years, Jehoram, Jerusalem, Judah was done for. It says that uh, during Jehoram's reign, uh, the Edomites revolted against Judah and crowned their own king. Did you hear that? They crowned their own king. The Edomites during this time who had been subject, you know, to, um, subject to Judah crowned their own king. He says that so Jehoram went out with his full army, army and all his chariots. So you will see one thing from now on, even though, even though Judah had a much bigger army, against all the enemies that they were fighting against, you will see that they will always be losing. He says that, yes, he went out with his full army and all his chariots. The Edomites surrounded him and his chariots commanders, but he went out at night and attacked them under cover of darkness. Even so, Edom has been independent from Judah to this day. The town of Libna also, just a town, did you hear that? The town of Libna also revolted about that same time. All this happened because Jehoram had abandoned the Lord, the God of his ancestors. He had built pagan shrines in in the ill countries of Judah and had led the people of, of Jerusalem and Judah to give themselves to pagan gods and to go astray. Did you hear that? So um, where did all of this come from? Yes, uh, just from one woman, just from the daughter of Jezebel, who brought this idolatry into their family. And I'm telling you, uh, like I said, David's dynasty will never recover from this mistake. He said that um, he said Judah had and had led the people of Jerusalem and Judah to give themselves to pagan gods and to go astray. Verse 12 says, Then Elijah the prophet wrote Jehoram uh, this, uh, this letter. This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David says. You have not followed the good example, the good example of your father Jehoshaphat or your grandfather King Asa of Judah. Instead, you have been as evil as the kings of Israel. You have led the, the people of Jerusalem and Judah to worship idols, just as King Ahab did in Israel. And you have even killed your own brothers, men who were better than you. So now the Lord is about to strike you, your people, your children, your wives, and all that is yours with a heavy blow. You yourself will suffer with a severe intestinal disease that will get worse each day until your bowels come out. Remember, he was just 30, 32 years old when he became king. So he died at 40. Yes, he died. He died a very young man, reigned for for eight years, and then um, the last two years of his life, just like his father Asa, you know, he he had this disease that he never recovered from. He says it will get worse each day until your bowels come out. 
Uh, verse 16 says, Then the Lord stirred up the Philistines and the Arabs who lived near the Ethiopians to, to attack Jehoram. They marched against Judah, broke down its defenses, and carried away everything of value in the royal palace, including the king's sons and his wives. Only his youngest son, Ahaziah, was spared. After all this, the Lord struck Jehoram with an incurable intestinal disease. The disease grew worse and worse, and at the end of two years, it caused his bowels to come out, and he died in agony. His people did not build a great funeral fire to honor him as they had done for his ancestor. Did you write? Did you hear that? Yes, the people knew that he was a wicked, he was a wicked king. And so because of that, you know, no, they didn't they didn't build a, a huge fire when they wanted to, to bury him. They didn't want to honor him. He says uh, Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. No one was sorry when he died. Wow. Did you hear that? No one was sorry when he died. They buried him in the city of David, but not in the royal cemetery. Wow. So you see, he was not buried with the other kings. Okay? Uh, because of the evil. Because of just one one woman. And I'm telling you, in a short time, very short time, he just lived for eight years. He died at 40. Wow. Quite a tragedy. But his own reign comes to an end. His son, however, his son, of course, Ahaziah survived. So let's go on. Chapter 22 says that then the people of Jerusalem made Ahaziah Jehoram, Jehoram's youngest son, their next king. Since the marauding bands who came with the Arabs had killed all the older sons. So Ahaziah, son of Jehoram, reigned as king of Judah. Ahaziah was 22 years old. 22 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem one year. Just one year. Did you hear that? Just one year. His mother was Ataliah, ah, this woman, a granddaughter of King Omri. Ahaziah also followed the evil example of King Ahab's family for his mother encouraged him in doing wrong. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight just as Ahab's family had done. They even became his advisors after the death of his father, and they led him to ruin. Quite terrible. Following their evil advice, Ahaziah joined Joram, the king of the son of King Ahab of Israel, in his war against King Azahel of Aram at Ramoth Gilead when the Arameans wounded Joram in the battle. I'm sure you have not forgotten. Um, Azahel. Azahel became the king of Aram. Jehu became became the king, uh, became the king of Israel. You know, doing you know, it was Elijah that prophesied this that Azahel was going to become the king of Aram. Jehu was going to become the king of Israel, and Elisha was going to become prophet. And that whoever escape from from Azael will fall into the hand of Jehu and whoever escape from the hand of Jehu will fall into the hand of Elisha yes i remember that prophecy so yes it says that he joined 
the king, the son Joram, the son of King Ahab, in his war against King Azael of Aram at Ramoth Gilead. It says, when the Arameans wounded Joram in the battle, he returned to Jezreel to recover from the wound he had received at Ramoth. Aram, at Ramoth. Because Joram was wounded, King Ahaziah, Ahaziah of Judah went to Jezreel to visit him. And I'm telling you, that is where he would die. <clears throat> this thing had just entered into um, the lineage of the dynasty of David. And I'm telling you, Jehoshaphat started this thing where they were always alliancing them or, or joining themselves with the kings of Israel. Even though Israel was such a wicked nation, you know, was steep in idolatry, the kings of Judah from Jehoshaphat's time continued to. So remember, this is Jehoshaphat's grand, grandson. He says he went to Jezreel to visit him, but God had decided that this visit would be Ahaziah's downfall. While he was there, Ahaziah went out with Joram to meet Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, whom the Lord had appointed to destroy the dynasty of Ahab. <clears throat> While Jehu was executing judgment against the family of Ahab, he happened to meet with some of, Jude, some of Judah's officials and Ahaziah's relatives who were traveling with Ahaziah. So Jehu killed them all. I'm sure you have not forgotten this story when we read it in, uh, in, first, in first King. It says, Then Jehu's men searched for Ahaziah, and they found him hiding in the city of Samaria. They brought him to Jehu, who killed him. Ahaziah was given a decent was given a decent burial because the people said he was the grandson of Jehoshaphat, a man who sought who sought the Lord with all his heart. But none of the surviving members of Ahaziah's family was capable of ruling the kingdom. Did you hear that? None of his family was capable of ruling the kingdom. And naturally, ah uh, yes, the queen, the queen. Ataliah will step in. Verse 10 says that when Ataliah, the mother of King of King Ahaziah of Judah, learned that her son was dead, she began to destroy the rest of Judah's royal family. But Ahaziah's sister, Jehoshabad, uh, the daughter of King Jehoram, took Ahaziah's infant son, Johash, okay, and stole him away from among the rest of the kings of the king's children who were about to be killed. She put Johash and his nurse in the bedroom. In this way, uh, Joshabad, wife of Jehoadad, so yes, Jehoadad the priest and sister of Ahaziah, healed the child so that Ataliah could not murder him. So we, got, we are getting one information from here. I'm sure you have not forgotten Jehoadad, that wonderful, um, wonderful priest that I told you that in my opinion, is the best mentor you can find in the Bible. Yes, the Bible is telling us that uh, Jehoshabad was his wife. In other words, this guy was married into royalty. Yes, he was a priest, but he married the sister, the sister of the king. So let's let's uh, please let's uh, note that information. He says Ataliah could not murder him. So verse twelve says Joash remained hidden in the temple of God for six years while Ataliah ruled over the land. So for the first time, for the first time in Judah, um, Judah had a queen. 
and not a king, okay? Not according to what God had promised because God promised that uh, someone from the lineage of David would always sit on the throne. Let's continue. So uh, move to let's move to chapter 23, 2 Chronicles chapter 23. It says, In the seventh year of Ataliah's reign, Jehoadad, the priest, decided to act. He, summon, he summoned his courage and made a pact with five army commanders. Azariah, son of Azariah, son of Jehoram, Ishmael, Ishmael, son of Jehohanan, Azariah, son of Obed, Mehasiah, son of Adahiha, and Elishaphat, son of Zikri. These men traveled secretly throughout Judah and summoned the Levites and clan leaders in all the towns to come to Jerusalem. They all gathered at the temple of God where they made a solemn pact with Joash, uh, the, young, the young king. Jehoadad said to them, Here is the king's son. The time has come for him to reign. Again, this story had been told before in Kings. He says, The Lord has promised that a descendant of David would, will be our king. This is what you must do. When you, priest and Levite, come on duty on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath, a third of you will serve as gatekeepers. Another third will go over to the royal palace, and the final third will be at the foundation gate. Everyone else should stay in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. Remember, only verse 6 only the priest and levite on duty may enter the temple of the lord for they are set apart as holy the rest of the people must obey must obey the lord's the lord's instructions and stay outside you levites are form a bodyguard around the king and keep your weapons in hand kill anyone who tries to enter the the temple stay with the king wherever he goes so the levites and all the people of judah did everything as jehoadad the priest ordered the commanders are took charge of the men reporting for duty that sabbath as well as those who were going off duty jehoadad the priest did not let anyone go home after their shift ended then Jehoadad supplied the commanders with the spears and the large and small sheet that had once belonged to King David and were stored in the temple of God. This guy was a priest too. Hmm. Yes, he was a priest. But I'm telling you, my best mentor, if you want to understand what mentorship is about, uh, please study the life of this man, uh, Jehoadad. He says he stationed all the people around the king with their weapons ready. Remember, uh, the only um, affinity he has to the throne is that he was married to uh, to a king's, a king's sister. That's all. Okay, and of course, he was not trying to claim the throne. Okay, he was not interested in that. All of this that he is doing was so that he will restore the dynasty of David. Yes, someone from the line of David will go back to becoming king. He says that with their weapons ready, they formed a line from the south side of the temple around to the north side, and all 
around the altar. It says, Then Jehoadad and his son brought out Johash, the king's son, placed the crown on his head, and presented him with a copy of God's law. Did you hear that? So Jehoadad was laying the foundation for there for, for a, a revival to begin in the land. But I'm telling you, you know, I said something at the beginning that Solomon had started had started a trend serving God early and then turning against God in your old age. Johash will do the same thing. He will follow God all the days of Jehoadad, but after that, he will be as wicked as the kings of Israel. Hmm. Very terrible. Says he gave him a copy of God's law. They anointed him and proclaimed him king, and everyone shouted, Long live the king. Ha! Verse 12 says, when Ataliah heard the noise of the people running and the shouts of praise to her uh, praise to the king, she hurried to the Lord's temple to see what was happening. When she arrived, she saw the newly crowned king standing in his place of authority by the palace at the temple entrance. The commanders and trumpeters were surrounding him, and people from all over the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. Singers with musicians' instruments were leading the people in a great celebration. When Ataliah saw all this, she tore her clothes in despair and shouted, Treason! Treason! Then Jehoiada the priest ordered the commanders who were in charge of the troops take her to the soldiers in front of the temple and kill anyone who tries to rescue her. For the priest had said she must not be killed in the temple of the Lord. So they seized her and led her out to the entrance entrance of the horse gate on uh, on the palace ground and they killed her there if you want to if you want to do character study okay and you want to find out about women who didn't do too well didn't use their influences too well okay uh, please read study about this woman Ataliah. study about jezebel of course you know about jezebel the wife of Ahab. On a study about uh, yes Queen Meheka yes the granddaughter of uh, of of uh, of Absalom I'm telling you they will teach you good lesson on how not to be a mother or how to lead <laughs> all right let's go on it says the kids are there. It says that then Jehoadad made a covenant between himself and the king and the people that they would be the Lord's people. Remember, this boy was just seven, seven years old. Very, so that meant that he was, he was newly born. Okay, when uh, Je- uh, uh, when he was, you know, uh, he was rescued. He was newly born, maybe just a few months old, because remember that. Um, Ataliah was king, you know, was queen for, for about seven years, okay? So for him to become king when he was seven years old tells you that he was just an infant. So with all of this, Jehoadad was not interested in being king. If he wanted to kill the king, it would have been easy for him to do so. But instead, he made a pact. He made entered into a covenant okay, between himself, the king, and the people, and that they would be the Lord's people. And all the people went over to the temple of Baal and tore it down. They demolished the altars and smashed the idols, and they killed Metan, Metan the priest of Baal in front of the altars. Altars. Jehoadad now put the priests and the Levites in charge of the temple of the Lord, following all the directions given by David. He also commanded them to present burnt offerings to the Lord as prescribed 
by the law of Moses and to sing and rejoice as David had instructed. He also stationed gatekeepers at the gates of the Lord's temple to keep out those who, for any reason, were ceremonially unclean. Then the commanders, nobles, rulers, and all the people of the land escorted the king from the temple of the Lord. They went out through the upper gate and into the palace, and they seated the king on the royal throne. So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was peaceful, because Ataliah had been killed. Hey! I'm praying for you. Ah, and that's, ah, people will not rejoice at your demise. People will not rejoice at, at your losing your place in leadership in Jesus' name. But yes, that was what Ataliah had used a leadership at a position as being queen. She used it to oppress the people. So when she died and passed on people, people were rejoicing. Hey, it is well. All right, let's conclude this uh, by reading chapter 24. It says, Johash was seven years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 40 years. I don't know whether you have noticed, though. They've all just been dying very young. 40? Yes, his own father died very early. Grandfather died very early. He now, 47 years, is gone also. Why? I'm telling you, everything you can trace back to them aligning themselves you know uh, with the kings of Israel with Ahab actually Ahab actually so he became king when he was seven and he reigned in Jerusalem 40 years his mother was a Zibaiha from Belsheba, Zibaiha from Je- from Belsheba, Jehoash did what was pleasing in the in the Lord's sight throughout the lifetime of Jehoadad the priest. Did you hear that? So it meant that all the life during the lifetime of Jehoadad, he had the right influence around him. It was when Jehoadad was. <clears throat> for whatever reason, of course, eventually Jehoadad would die, would move on. He was a old man anyway. It was when he passed on that uh, the influence that would turn Johash against God would begin to come into his life. So throughout the lifetime of Jehoadad, the priest, you know, um, um, Joash was fine. He says, verse 3, Jehoadad chose two wives for Johash and he had sons and daughters. At one point, Johash decided to repair and restore the temple of the Lord. He summoned the priests and Levites and gave them this instruction. Go to all the towns of Judah and collect the required annual offerings so that we can repair the temple of your God. The temple of your God. Those words are usually very strong in the Bible. Not the temple of our God, not the temple of my God, but the temple of your God. Do not delay, but the device did not act immediately. So the king called for Jehoadad, the high priest, and asked him. So at this point, Jehoadad is now the high priest, okay? And asked him, why haven't you demanded that the Levites go out and collect the temple taxes from the towns of Judah and from Jerusalem? Moses, the servant of the Lord, leveraged this tax on the community of Israel in order to maintain the tabernacle of the covenant. Over the years, the followers of wicked Ataliah had broken into the temple of God and they had used all the 
all the dedicated things from the temple of the Lord to worship the images of Baal. So now the king ordered a chest to be made and set outside the gate leading to the, to the temple of the Lord. Then a proclamation was sent throughout Judah and Jerusalem telling the people to bring to the Lord the tax that Moses, the servant of God, had required of all of the Israelites in the wilderness. This pleased all the leaders and the people, and they gladly brought their money and filled the chest with it. Hmm, I wish that was true, because I'm wondering why did these same leaders then turn, turn and made the king, you know, to go back, you know, to Baal after Jehoiada had passed on. 11 says, whenever the chest became full, the Levites would carry it to the king's officials. Then the court secretary and an officer of the high priest would come and empty the chest and take it back to the temple again. This went on day after day and a large amount of money was collected. The king and Jehoadad gave the money to the, uh, to the construction supervisor who hired masons and carpenters to restore the temple of the Lord. They also hired metal workers who made articles of iron and bronze for the lost temple. The men in charge of the renovation worked hard and made steady progress. They restored the temple of God and accord, they restored the temple of God according to his original design and strengthened it. Says when all the repairs were finished, they brought the remaining money to the king and Jehoadad. It was used to make various articles for the temple of the Lord of the Lord, articles for worship, worship services, and for bond offerings, including ladus and and other articles made of gold and silver and the burnt offerings were sacrificed continually in the temple of the Lord during the lifetime of Jehoadad and I'm telling you as long as Jehoadad was was here okay things were fine things were moving well it says Jehoadad lived to a very old age finally dying at 130 I'm telling you, during this time, it was very rare. He died at 130. He was buried among the kings the kings in the city of David because he had done so much good in Israel for God and his temple. I'm telling you, this guy became royalty. He was buried with kings because he was so splendid. And I'm telling you, that is where we will take our, point, our prayer point from. Lord, ha, make me like Jehoadad. Make me as influential. Give me the heart he had in the mighty name of Jesus. 17 says, but after Jehoadad's death, the leaders of Judah came and bowed before King Joash and persuaded him to listen to their advice. They decided to abandon the temple of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and they worshiped Asherah poles and idols instead. Because of this sin, divine anger fell on Judah and Jerusalem. Did you hear that? Divine anger fell on them. Yes, the Lord sent prophets. Yet the Lord sent prophets to bring them back to him. The prophets warned them, but still the people would not listen. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Zechariah, son of Jehoiada, the priest. He stood before the people and said, This is what the Lord says. Why do you disobey the Lord's command and keep yourself from prospering? You have abandoned the Lord, and now he has abandoned you. Then the leaders plotted to kill Zechariah and King Joash, ordered that they stone him to death. Did you hear that? Joash ordered that they 
stoned Zachariah, the son of Jehoadad. He said they should stone him to death in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. That was how King Joash repaid Jehoadad for his loyalty by killing his son. Zachariah's last word as he died were, May the Lord see what they are doing and avenge my death. In the spring of the year, the Aramean army marched against jo- Joash. They invaded, invaded Judah and Jerusalem and killed all the leaders of the nations. Then they sent all the plunders back to their king in Damascus. Although the Arameans attacked with only a small army, the Lord helped them conquer the much larger army of Judah. The people of Judah had abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, so judgment was carried out against Joash. The Aramean withdrew, leaving Joash severely wounded, but, but his own officials plotted to kill him for murdering the son of Jehoiada the priest. They assassinated him as he lay in bed. Then he was buried in the city of David, but not in the royal cemetery. Wow, did you hear that? He was not buried in the royal cemetery, even though Jehoiada was buried in the royal cemetery. He says the assassins were Josaka, the son of an Ammonite woman named Shimeath, and Jehozabad, the son of a Moabite woman named Shoma. The account of the sons of Joash, the, prof- the sons of Joash, the prophecies about him, and the records of his restoration of the temple of the Lord are written in the commentaries on, on the book of the kings. His son Amaziah became the next king. Wow. So quite an interesting read today very very long but if anything i think i I will take my lessons from being careful those you align yourself with yes be careful those you align yourself with Uh, don't be like joe hash don't be like uh, all the other kings of judah that's our prayer point Second prayer point, Lord, make me like Jehoadad. Give me a heart that truly wants to do good in the mighty name of Jesus. Will you pray, say this prayer for yourself? Give me a heart that wants to do good in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I declare a blessing today over your people. Lord, as we all go out today, cause us to prosper, cause us to succeed in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare blessings over the works of your hands. I declare you will succeed in everything you do in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.